Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT. We got the big three here tonight, Mister Money Making Miles, aka Miles Davenport. We got Greg, Bernie Mac of Sports Podcasting in the building tonight. How y'all fellas doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm doing good, bro. I want. I want to ask you. I know y'all seen the uh, reports came out. Uh, you know, Jada and Will ain't been together since 2016, and they ain't never loved each other since 2000. But the report that came out from that book that's a little interesting to me is that Chris Rock tried to holler at at Jada before uh, all this other stuff started happening. Is it ever a time where it's okay to uh, holler at the at your homie's ex wife, ex girl, at all? No. No. Simply put, these guys are animals in Hollywood. All of them. Wow, man. And now it makes sense, all the jokes that he was having targeted at her. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris Rock don't come out smelling like roses from this either. Now this this looks 30 times worse on his part. Him and his brothers are going on that media tour like, oh, uh, you know, we ain't never did nothing to the Smith family. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm. We're, we're, that's what Will Will had that in the back of his mind. He probably was, you know, already frustrated about him him coming at Jada, you know, years before, and it was just a perfect time, perfect, you know, cloud, amount of mix of events that had led to him smacking him on in the face on national on national TV in front of the whole world. So, yeah, they're all an embarrassment. All of them. They should all be embarrassed. Oh, they, they terrible, terrible example of what merit should be but anywho we're gonna get to the sports i just had to ask y'all that it was quite an interesting interesting week with that whole situation going on we are what seven weeks in college football season who are y'all currently y'all top heisman candidates obviously vegas got williams as the number one favorite right now then it's michael Penix jr quinn ears and bo nicks are the top candidates according to the odds in Vegas, but who are y'all top candidates? Probably those top two that you named. Like Michael Penix is having a great year at Washington. Uh, Caleb Williams is he hasn't missed a beat from last year. So um, I know two of those guys that you named have a big matchup this weekend: Oregon against Washington. So that's a that's going to speak volumes to the committee when it comes down to it. Like if one of those guys plays well and gets the win, that'll give them the, the leg up. But right now I, th- I still think it's Caleb's to lose at this point. Like as long as they keep winning and he's able to put his team in that uh, college football playoff position, then I think he could repeat and do it again. I would agree. I think the the guy who has a chance to you know knock him off is the is Penny Jr., who's been amazing. And I think they're going to go head to head at some point. If he can beat him head to head, that might decide it. I think it's between those two guys um, right now. I mean, USC is still undefeated. I know they haven't looked. They didn't look. It didn't look great last week against Arizona, and they you know damn near lost. But um, I, it's less so about the team and less so about how good the team is, and more so about how much you have to do for your team to win. And so. Caleb, they they require him to be Superman every single week for the most part, and he and he he does it. It'll be interesting to see if he can beat Notre Dame in bad weather. That'll probably be another notch in his belt towards the Heisman. 
And then um, with with Penix, it's he's just been rolling. He's been rolling. And again, I think that USC versus Washington matchup will, be, will decide a lot. Perfect transition. Y'all both mentioned the games that we're going to have for the picks this week. Y'all, y'all on a roll already. We just started. So number eight, Oregon is at number seven, Washington. Washington is favored. Three points in this game. How y'all see this game going? I personally want to see Oregon get the brakes beat off of for what they did with Colorado, but that's just me personally. Uh, yeah. I agree too. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I, I'm gonna. T- I'll take Washington just because they've got what, three NFL wide receivers and an NFL quarterback is going to be drafted in the first round, probably within the top 15 picks. So I'll t- I'll take that high powered offense over Oregon. Um, but Oregon could win. I think it'd be a close game. I just I just feel like Penix is the better player than Bo Nix, uh, and, and especially right now. And I think that that offense is going to be hard to stop. And they, it wasn't like Oregon was unstoppable against Colorado. Colorado Colorado just couldn't keep those guys off of the quarterback. The, the old line was bad. So I, I, the old line certainly is much better with Washington. And I expect them to have time to operate and dice them up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm, I'm taking Washington this week. They're hot right now. And Phoenix has been playing great for the last two years since he transferred from Indiana. So I got him. Bo Nix is good, but I feel like this Oregon team is not as good as people think. Like, I feel like they haven't played anybody yet. So just wait. Just wait until Saturday. Now we got number 10 USC at number 21 Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored in this game even after their showing of last week. How do y'all see this game panning out? I think personally, USC is going to win. We've talked about this on the show plenty of times. Notre Dame doesn't really play top tier talent all the time, so they they typically start off the five and oh six and oh, and then they they sometimes play the USC's of the world teams like last week, and then we see the real Notre Dame. I think you. Then on that note, I think USC is going to beat them. For everything you just said, I don't think that Notre Dame's very good. They struggled with Louisville last week. I thought it was a close game. Um, I I believe Ohio State beat them, and Ohio State is running running a guy out there, a quarterback who can barely play the position. So you know, it, you what are you gonna do against Caleb Williams? You know, I, I think defensively, USC is gonna have to answer some questions. They have not been good. Um, Notre Dame's gonna move the ball on them. It's gonna be a good game. It won't be a blowout. But I think ultimately, that if USC can keep it close, or you know. And not or not even or not or just not fall by behind by too many points early, then I think that a team like USC, a guy like Caleb Williams, can go in there and just have his way. I think he's gonna have his way. You know, all, all, the O line isn't really a problem. Caleb Williams can extend plays. I, I feel pretty good picking um, USC, and hopefully that receiver branch is back. And that's another added element to the offense. So we'll see. But I think I'll pick USC. I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Caleb. Yeah, I mean. Last week's game for USC was a little concerning where it was yeah. a nail-biter and I honestly thought they were going to lose that game. But, of course, yeah, they got Caleb. So nine times out of ten, they're going to find a way to win. And I, I feel like that's going to happen this week against Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's not a pushover. Like, they started off well. That Ohio State game was a little tough, and that was tough to you know take losing that way last second like that and then to lose the way they did last week 
Another tough loss. So I feel like it's a home game for Notre Dame. This could be a lot closer than you think. I don't know if it's going to be a shootout because I feel like Notre Dame, they have good running game. So they might try to slow it down a little bit to kind of, you know, keep Caleb off the field. Because I feel like that's how you beat them. You, you slow it down and, you know, change the pace of the game and don't play at their speed. Make them play at yours. So I still got USC, but I feel like it's going to be a lot closer because USC Notre Dame is usually like a rivalry game. So it's kind of, it's, it's not always a blowout. Hey, so you just mentioned they probably going to have to try to make sure that they keep Caleb Williams off the field. Looking at the NFL, the peak, the week seven that we have right here, the week six, the picks that we have set up, a team that's going to probably try to have that same mindset, same mentality of keeping the quarterback off the field, a high-power offense is the Jets. Eagles visit the Jets this week. They're a seven-point favorite. How do we see that one going? Jalen Hurts kind of had what is, I guess you could say, his best game last last week, 303 yards passing, 72 yards rushing. That's what we haven't seen up until the point of last week from Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard got busy, 100-plus yards, eight catches. A.J. Brown, six catches, 100-plus yards. Do they continue this against this, I still think, a top-tier gesture? It's going to be interesting just because – we've fared pretty well against some of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL so far. So um, with that being said, Jalen Hurts is probably a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's, you know, the numbers, they are what they are, but I think the, the talent is there. But for this team, I think the game plan should be to run the rock. Like for us, the run defense hasn't been as strong as it was last year. And, I mean, against the Chiefs, we gave up a 140 to Pacheco. And then there's been a couple other guys that have gotten off, too, like James Cook, week one for the Bills, had a good game, too. So they got a good back in Swift. They got a, a dual threat in Jalen Hurts. So if they're able to open up that run game, I think, yeah, they could probably stretch it out against us. But... I don't know, man. I feel like whenever they play at MetLife, they get up for these games. Like, the defense gets up for these games. I feel like we might not win this game, but they're going to fight. Like, the, the D-backs for the Eagles aren't having that great a season. They're banged up right now. So, if there's anything that we're going to attack, it's going to be the secondary. Because they're they got the best run defense in the NFL. So, you know, if Brees is able to open things up, then – yeah, we can make this a, a interesting game. But I mean, if we're asking, I don't want to be a homer, so I'll pick. I'll pick the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, a long way of going about doing it. But I mean, the Eagles can beat you so many different ways. So I mean, they, if they got to run the ball, they'll run the ball with the best of them. They got DeAndre Swift looking like Barry Sanders running behind that offensive line. So, and anyone would with the behind that offensive line. So. They'll run the ball. They'll control the game. Is Zach going to make enough plays against a defensive front that good? Um, the Jets' O-line is certainly not the worst in the NFL. But, you know, can they hold up against Carter, Jalen Carter and all these guys coming after him and Hassan Reddick in them? Uh, you know, probably not. Let's just be honest. Like, the Eagles are that good. It's not a knock on the Jets that the Eagles would walk in there and, 
and beat them. They would need a superhuman performance from the quarterback to win that game. And the guy who can do it tore his AC, tore his Achilles, and is um, sticking up Pat Pat McAfee for, McAfee for money to go on his uh, show. So I don't I don't see how they're gonna win that game with him not being there. You know, it's just it's just a tough luck of the draw. But the Eagles are gonna win. They're a really good team. And I, I don't we don't have, we don't have to overanalyze this. We we don't. Let's just be honest. Hopefully they don't. I hope I hope the Jets can surprise them. But I I just don't see it. Let's be honest. Hey. That's a steep price to have somebody on for the show. We saw today somebody was charging a little bit less. So maybe we could send that player over towards Pat McAfee and, you know, save Pat McAfee some money because that's a big difference, you know. He's no, he's no Aaron Rodgers. That's, I'm putting it nicely. <laughs> Next big game of the week. It's not really a big game, but – 49ers, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Browns. Who wins this game? But also, main question, though, with this, are the 49ers the favorite to win the Super Bowl? As of right now, they should be, right? I mean, top to bottom, this team is deep. They're stacked. Like, the offensive line, probably right up there with, the Eagles, they've got McCaffrey, who's probably the best running back in the league. You got Debo, Ayuk, Purdy. You got this last pick of the draft playing like a top 10 quarter quarterback right now. And then you got that defense. Like if the 49ers can score 20 points, they're gonna win every time. Because that defense is lights out. Fred Warner. Uh, some of the D-backs that they got there, too, um, and Nick Bosa. So, yeah, they should be the favorite. I think they're out to to show people that, yeah, if we had a healthy quarterback in that Eagles game, things could have been different because they were rolling before then, and I don't see any change in it. That's why I had to beg my sister to let me get those Eagles 49ers tickets in December, which – I think she gave them to me. I think last time I checked, she gave them to me. So uh, that's going to be a good game. That's the one game this season that should be circled on everybody's radar. The, the, the question being about the 49ers and uh, whether or not they can, the, the, the Super Bowl favorite, yeah, they are. And it's it's not even because of the defense or because of the old line or because of any of that stuff. That Those things were already in place. They were already really good at those things. They already had Fred Warner. They, they were already generationally good um at this skill level with the, with the D-line offensive offensive line the, rece- the receivers are good um they're a great team it's about Purdy Purdy is much better than I thought he was <laughs> Purdy's much better than I thought he was and I know I came on here before the season started I said they couldn't win a Super Bowl with Purdy leading the way um boy was I wrong that guy it's not it's it's he does a lot of the things that I I knocked Daniel Jones for not being able to do and that's the ironic part of all of it is his ability to go out there and and throw the anticipation, throw into win. I mean, I saw a throw to Brandon Ayuk in that Cowboys game where he threw the ball. I literally t- like four or five seconds before Ayuk was even where he was supposed to be. He just threw it to space, and Ayuk ran right into it. Like he he couldn't have put it there any better. But Brock Purdy is not just. I don't. I don't think this is just him being on a heater and him being hot right now and playing well. I think this is really him processing what the defense is doing at a high level. And granted, his O-line is great, but 
so what? You still got to go out there and make the throws. And, and you know, and you got to make, you got to deliver the football. And he does that at a high level. He reads defenses. He's making some tough throws. I saw, you know, he had a throw against the Giants to the back pylon where he faded away and he made a throw to the, uh, to the pylon there and they got a touchdown. So he's made some plays that I, that have opened up my eyes. He's a pro bowl quarterback and the, the, the Niners need to win the championship, need to win the championship now because Purdy's price is going up every, every single week and he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid big dollars. And when he does, like every other team ever, you know, your, your team starts to fall apart, right? Unless you're the Eagles and you can just draft people um, in real time and get, you know, have, have great players fall to you in the draft. Right. So, and I'm, and I wouldn't put that past the 49ers, but the, the clock to the clock to win is now for them. And I think they're going to pull it off. They're easily the best team in football right now. And the Eagles are, are great as well, but um, I think you're looking at, it, at the 49ers being the best team overall. I'd have to agree. The way that they looked last week, they just made the Cowboys look silly. They've been playing. They've probably been the best team because, like, the Eagles are undefeated, but, you know, they've had some struggles and stuff like that. 49ers have been pretty solid from week one to now. A team that has been up and down, the Baltimore Ravens. I want to ask y'all because we saw a bunch of different opinions this week. Is this offense of struggles? Is that on Lamar Jackson? Is it on Todd Munkin? Is it on the offensive line? Where do y'all see the blame at for their struggles? Because last week they had seven drops, which is the fifth game in the last four years of seven plus drops. So they don't happen that often. And the Ravens had one of those games. We saw the discussions of are the Ravens getting their money worth and all that. What's your takes on the Ravens offensive situation? The receivers aren't playing up to the to, to their billing. They're not playing up to the level they're supposed to be playing at. It is crazy how you can go get I mean you can go get Odell Beckham, but Odell's been through literally hell and high and high water in his career with injuries. So it's just hard for you to expect him to be explosive and um for him to play at the same level he once was playing at. And then, you know, they already have other challenges in terms of, you know, with Bateman and you know, I, Andrews is the most consistent receiver he's got, but that's your tight end. You got so you can't challenge the outside part of the field with him. You're gonna he's gonna be operating in the seam. So it's the same issue. It's just, it's the same thing. Yeah, Lamar's playing good football. He's putting the ball where he's supposed to be put. He's doing a great job. He really is. Um, when you look at that team, it's just wide receiver play that's subpar. And in this league, you're not going to be able to run your way to a championship. It's just hard to do that unless you have a great defense and their defense is okay. It's not great. It's okay. It's, it's solid. Um, but they needed a better wide receiver play than they've gotten. The rookie, the rookie's been their best wide receiver, it looks like. The uh, Flowers, he's been their best one. And when that's the case, that it's going to be hard. I mean, you didn't expect Odell to be going there and be an alpha necessarily, but you needed him to be better than he is. And, you know, you just need better play from everybody, all the other wide receivers besides Flowers. And Flowers is doing his thing, but it's about everybody else. So it really is a receiver thing it, from what I've seen. Because Lamar is putting the ball where it's, be put, where it's supposed to be put. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, Lamar's not throwing bad throws. Like, they're just not catching it. Like... I feel bad because they paid all this money. Well, I don't feel bad. They're competitive. But uh, they paid all that money to Odell this offseason. And are they getting their money's worth? No. They drafted Bateman in the first round a couple years ago. Is, has he proven to be what they thought he'd be? No. 
like the best player they've drafted lately. That's a pass catcher was a, a third round tight end. He wasn't even the first tight end they took that year. They took Hayden Hurst that year. So for Lamar Jackson, it's always been about can they get him some weapons? Well, I mean, it looks like they still haven't done that completely to help him out. Like they, all right, cool. They got Zay Flowers. He's not a number one though. And they got Mark Andrews. But there's a gap there between, like you can't just keep throwing it to those two guys all year. One, Zay Flowers is not that big. So at some point he could take a hit if you keep throwing him the ball 20, well, 10 times a game. Like that's what Odell was here. You're trying to, take the top off the defense. You're thinking like, all right, we might catch lightning in a bottle with Odell for one year. And right now it's just not looking like it. It's looking like this is just another year of Lamar trying to you know, dodge the blame that's being thrown on him when it's not really his fault. I I couldn't agree more. Like than both of what I was saying, I think it's absolutely disgusting the type of disrespect we're seeing put on Lamar's name, he still don't have a number one receiver. Like, as good as Zay Flowers has been, he still does not have a number one wide receiver. It doesn't make any sense. We was hopeful. Like, you, we talked about it. Odell might be able to help, but we, didn't, we knew Odell wasn't the number one. It was going to be a, a wide receiver by committee type of thing that they was going to do. Uh -huh. They need to go get a number one wide receiver for this man by the trade deadline. Ravens need to do it. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, they won tonight, but it's looking apparent. This is a season where it's like, hey, it's not the year for y'all to just be like, oh, we're going to do wide receiver by our community. We're going to have Justin Watson. We're going to do – like, nah. It's very apparent. A number one wide receiver is needed. Um the wide receiver, running back by committee, yes. Wide receiver by committee isn't, isn't always the best thing to do because you need, you look at the Eagles, for example. You need a wide receiver to go go get the ball. I need you to go get the ball. I need a first down. The Ravens don't have that. Nope. Nope. Um, I mean, we're not going to do it like for, for now, for a while. They're on the no-fly list. We're not going to even talk about Giants games unless Greg wants to. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing to talk, nothing to talk about. There, it's a waste of steam. Time. It looked like you need it. What? To blow off some steam. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, it, they, they suck. Tyrod's in the play. They're going to they're gonna go out there and get beat up by easily two scores. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, I heard Tyrod say he could be like Geno Smith. If he was given the opportunity, did y'all hear him say that? I, I read that somewhere. Um, and I, I, I'm interested to watch him behind this offensive line go out and make good on that promise because I, he is in danger. His, his life's in danger this, this weekend. And the Bills are the worst pass rushing team in the NFL, by the way, by the numbers. And they're going to look like they're, it's going to look like they have four TJ Watts lined up to go get go get this guy because they're, they're just that bad. So it's, it's dysfunctional. Tank for Caleb. Yeah, it is a fourteen point, yeah, fourteen point underdog that the Giants are. Uh, I think it's safe to say, even for you, Greg, you don't typically bet, but you can put money on that game that the spread will not be covered by the Giants. <laughs> With Tyrod starting on top of that last game, probably someone consider the game of the week. 
Cowboys at Chargers. The Cowboys cowboyed last week, as we all expected on the show. How do y'all see this one going? And more importantly, is this the last chance for Dak to be a starter before they start, you know, considering the Trey Lances of the world possibly competing for the job, possibly? I think he, he finishes the year as the starter, but like Lance, I feel like was always the the backup plan if they do move on from Dak after this season. Like then they could transition to Trey Lance and then if he pans out, cool. We might have found lightning in a bottle that the 49ers couldn't figure out. But if he he sucks, then we draft somebody. But they've got a lot of money tied up in different players, Trey Diggs, Micah Parsons is going to need to get paid. Their whole offensive line has been paid. So money's not exactly going around too much in Dallas. And Dak, he hasn't really earned that big deal. I don't think he deserves $50 million a year. And the play speaks for itself. Like, that was a big game for him going into the offseason against the 49ers. And he just showed that this is not the quarterback that's going to take us over the hump. This is not the quarterback that can go toe-to-toe with the best teams in the league and make us a Super Bowl contender. Because, I mean, how long has it been? It's been, what, seven, eight years now? Dak's been the quarterback for the the Cowboys, and it's been the same thing every year. It's like, when are we going to see it kind of click? Like He's good in the regular season, which there's a lot of people that are good in the regular season. But playoff time, you need to win that one game to keep moving on. And he just can't do it. He's, he's a good quarterback in the NFL. I'm not going to take that away from him. But um, when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, there's a lot more expected out of you. And I think he's not given them a great return on investment so far. So, who do you see winning the game between the Cowboys and the Chargers? Yes, that was the other question. I think the Chargers can win this game if Dak carries over that play from last week. But then again, the Chargers' pass defense isn't that great. So, this is a great, you know, bounce back week for Dallas. And that defense is still that defense. So it might be interesting to to say the least. But I think the Cowboys can win this game. They, they should win this game. And it could be close. I'm going to say like 30 to 23. Yeah, I think I agree with everything Miles said. I mean, I, the Cowboys should win the football game. They're going against the defense that isn't that great. So – they have an opportunity to get back right and make people make. And what will happen is that they'll, they'll win and then people buy into the Cowboys hype again and they'll act as if the loss to the 49ers didn't happen. Um, but they could, this is a game that's, it's one of those weird ones because Herbert could go out there and just go crazy. He's just that good. Um, if they can keep him clean and they can keep the rush off of him. And, you know, another thing too is, you know, the Chargers have a great pass rush. They have two great rushers in the Mac and they have uh, Bosa. So, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, which side wins. It's a game that if the Cowboys lose, the panic button's going to be pressed. And, you know, you're going to hear all week about, you know, just how much danger, how much danger they're in and what they're considering doing. They're not going to bench Dak just because I don't see a more viable option on the bench. I just don't see it. You know, you're not going to catch lightning in a bottle with Trey Lance and Cooper Rush is what he is. He's just, he's serviceable. He'll, he'll look decent 
against bad teams and against the great ones, not really. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get CeeDee Lamb involved with the Cowboys. I know that's a lot of drama there about CeeDee Lamb and them not wanting to throw him the ball. And he, he looks upset and he's posting. He's changing his Twitter header to hit pictures of him and Martin, Martin, Hollywood Brown, which is just weird and a weird flex. I don't really understand what he's trying to say. He's going to go for the Cardinals. I, I don't know. But just a really weird uh, thing there. But I, I, it should be interesting to see if they get him the ball more more early and often. And they changed this philosophy because McCarthy, and we all knew it, when Kellen Moore left, they were going to go run heavy and they're going to be good playing with the lead. But they were not going to be able to scheme guys open the same. And their offense, in terms of passing, was going to take a hit. And that's exactly what's happened. That's what I've said. I've, and, 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 and by the way, I mean, the, Kellen Moore is with the Chargers now and they, they, were, they were good throwing the ball before. They're really efficient throwing the ball. Like, they're really, really efficient. They're scheming guys open. They're having some success. Um, there and they're getting Eckler back this week too so it's going to be interesting to see what happens the Chargers could easily upset them I wouldn't want to bet this game how I was a better because I think that this is a weird one where the Chargers have a real have, have a real shot here to make some noise and get a win here uh, against Dallas but it's a game Dallas should win and if, if, if Dak plays badly you're going to hear a lot of noise but again much to do about nothing because who are you who are you going to go you know replace him with it's there's no answer you got to ride this one out with him and if Dak isn't the man and good enough to you know push him over the edge and win a Super Bowl this year, then they're going to have to start talking about what they're going to do um, at the quarterback position because they have to maximize the roster for what it is. And I think a guy like, trading for a guy like Kyler Murray down the line for a team like Dallas isn't far fetched because they're too good to go get um, a great quarterback in the draft. They're just too good, so you're in a weird spot. But trading for a guy like Kyler Murray. You know, kid from he's from Dallas, I think he is. He's from Texas, and he, he's certainly more talented than that than Dak is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they you know bark up that tree. But yeah, that's that's my take. The Cowboys should win. I, if I had to make a if you force me to pick a pick, I'd pick the Cowboys. But I'm not doing it with confidence. The Cowboys will find a way to let you down. Hey, before we transition to basketball, all the last things about who on hot seat and whatnot. How do y'all do y'all see C. Lamb as a number one? Richard Sherman came out this week and said that he is not an actual. He doesn't think he's a number one wide receiver. He's not on the obviously the level he said of the Digs of the world, Jamar Chases of the world. Where do y'all see C. D. Lamb as a number one talent, number one wide receiver in this league? I think he's a one. It's like it's a stretch because he's he's not getting the ball in this offense. And this is Mike McCarthy's offense, so he's going to go down with the ship if they don't win, which he should have been fired by now, but, you know, they're letting it rock. But on a better team, like if you swapped out Keenan Allen and CeeDee Lamb and put him with Justin Herbert, CeeDee Lamb's doing the exact same thing that Keenan Allen's doing right now. So I don't think that he's not a number one. I just don't think he has the chances in Dallas to show that he's a number one because you know, Dak is struggling and he's not taking shots downfield, which is like one of the strengths of CD lamb. Like he's not looking at him. So for CD lamb to go into a game and he, he's only leaving with four catches is criminal because he should, he's your best. He's one of your best playmakers. You got CD lamb, Tony Pollard. They need to touch the ball at least like a combined 30 plus times a game and they're not figuring that out like we're going on week six and they've still they still haven't figured that out so I mean, yeah Richard Sherman he's 
he's fallen victim to the moment of time that we're in with CeeDee Lamb not getting the grabs and you're looking around the league and you see Tyreek Hill going off. You see Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, and you're comparing those guys. Of course, it's going to be, you know, he doesn't compare to those guys. He's not on that level, but he's he's like a mid, mid-tier mid wide receiver one. I mean, he's certainly talented enough to be wide receiver one. Uh, you know, I would I would lean towards yes that he is one, and I think with the better with the better quarterback and like like Miles just said I'm gonna say all the stuff he said, but you know with a better quarterback he would look more like that. I think in years past he's had some big games, made some spectacular catches. He's certainly got all the talent, so I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say he is a wide receiver one. Um, certain certainly you know a guy who could be you could put in the top twelve best receivers in the football. Um, maybe cracks 10 if we really if you really think about it, he could crack 10. Maybe if I think hard about it, but um definitely talented enough, definitely, you know, has speed, has good hands, you know, doesn't really drop the ball. He, he's you know, he's got he has really good awareness out there. So I, I feel pretty good about you know him being a wide receiver one. It's just the offense they run. Mike, Mike McCarthy has taken the the sales out of his out of his wings, right? I mean, that's really what's happened since he's gotten there. When you want to go run heavy and you know, be super conservative offensively. Guys like CeeDee Lamb, they they struggle. And so that's what's happened. That's what's happened. It's less, it's less even about Dak, honestly. I mean, Dak has struggled, yes, but like Dak could put the ball on him enough if if they just opened things up and threw the ball. When Kellen Moore was there, he got plenty of targets. Um, you know, and and had plenty of big games. And you didn't see him pouting after games, looking like a, you know, a kid in his terrible twos. So We'll we'll see what happens, but I, I think I think he's certainly talented enough. I just feel like with McCarthy running the show, and McCarthy's on his last leg. The guy was going to get fired. The first guy to go is going to be McCarthy uh, when it's all said and done. When they inevitably failed this year, he'll be gone um, to repeat this cycle that they've been in for the longest time. Um, so we'll see. Maybe they can get Sean Payton. I know Sean Payton not happy up in uh, up in Denver, and that's what they wanted in the first place, right? So we'll see. Perfect transition. Perfect transition. The hot seat or still not worried. So I'm going to list a couple of names. You let me know if they're on the hot seat or they should not be worried. Bill Belichick. The Patriots have been outscored 72 to 3 over the last two games. Hot seat or still not worried? I mean, would you fire Greg Popovich? <laughs> I don't think so. So I don't think, uh, I don't think. Bill Belichick's on the hot seat. I think he, he goes out when he, he wants to. to go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that he'll – I think he may be silently on the hot seat, I guess, but, like, if even if they let him go, he's going he's gonna to be the one to say publicly, I'm leaving. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna look like he retired. Um, and I don't get the sense that guy wants to retire either. Uh, but I just feel like he's – the organization's very stale. He's – He's running. He's running it a certain way. He's got his guys, his Patriot guys, Bill O'Brien, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. You know, Josh McDaniels. Those guys have all been running the shows over the over the years, and they're just overrated. It's been it's been Tom. It's been Tom. Belichick's a great defensive mind, and those teams are great defensively. He deserves a lot, all the credit for that. But uh, offensively, and the magic they were able to make happen all over these years has been Tom Brady. And Tom Brady not being there has exposed some serious warts. Um, there and then taking you know taking a guy like Mac Jones was just arrogant. If I'm being honest, I mean, 
if you're going to take that guy, you got to support him the way you have to support a guy like Daniel Jones, for example. It, you know, you you and they haven't really done that. They haven't they haven't drafted offensive players. It was a problem when Tom was there. Tom wanted to leave because they weren't supporting him offensively, getting him weapons. Um, and it's continued. And they're they're they they're seeing the results of, of that of that strategy of not taking offensive players and continuing to stockpile defensive players left and right. As good as Christian Gonzalez is, that was not the weakness of your football team. You know, it just wasn't. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. But that guy's going to call his own shot. If I had to bet, I don't think Kraft's going to just fire him. Uh, but this may not change over there until they do part ways because they need someone in there who's more offensively minded. And right now they got no, they got no juice on offense. But they'd still smash some teams around the NFL. <laughs> they would. They're not. They're not as bad as they necessarily look. And the weird, the thing that sucks about that situation is the last thing I'll say is they can't get a great quarterback in the draft because they just won't be bad enough. They're going to win some games that they shouldn't win. They're going. They're going to beat the Giants. They're going to go beat them. I'm telling you, they're going to beat them, and it's going to hurt them. So you know, getting there are plenty of quarterbacks in this draft, but Penix and these guys are going to go early. This they just are. McCarthy, even McCarthy, a guy like that, he'll probably go top. 20 top maybe top 18 you know so you really they can win six games this year i think their team is going to win around six games and belichick will keep his job as long as he wants to be there i mean what i mean he calls a shot hey i would say this with belichick maybe you don't fire him because like you said you don't you're not gonna fire a pop but he can't be gm anymore he is outdated in regards of gm he doesn't have he's not up to date with today's football the draft picks have sucked for the last three to five years. He doesn't know what he's doing. He keeps bringing in his own guys. He can't have all the power anymore. You got to bring somebody else in. That's objective. That's going to make the best decision. That won't just hire one of his Patriots guys. Won't just hire the Bill Belichick way type of players. Because the Bill Belichick type of way of players ain't doing jack. The Patriots are not relevant and to your point because he still can coach at least they'll win six games and they're not going they're not going to be able to get a good pick they're like the uh, commanders the commanders are never bad enough to get a top tier pick they always want to win around six seven sometimes eight games and be like hey we were out here competing we we beat the giants week 17 you idiots <laughs> idiots oh. Next coach, Matt Eberflus, hot seat or still not worried? Hot seat, hot seat. He'll be lucky to be there next year. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's true. Because if they do move on from fields, then they'll probably want to bring in their own guy to go along with whatever quarterback they end up with. So, yeah, he's on the hot seat. Last one, we already talked about him. But he did just get there. Big contract. Sean Payton, hot seat or still not worried? I just want to say I think this is absolute beautiful karma. All that trash talking in the summer. And they are one in five. And lost to the Jets specifically and Nathaniel Hackett. But hot seat or still not worried? No, I, I don't think so. Even though I, I'd love to see him get fired, and I agree with you, so he deserves it. He's he's got he's he's uh built up some bad uh, karma. We can call it call it 
uh, over the years, just in, in with the Saints and the whole bounty gate thing, and then just pummeling teams for years there, inflating Drew Brees' Brees's stats when they were up big and having Drew Brees go out there and continue to run offense like they were down by 20 when they're up by 20. You know, it's it's been an embarrassment what he's been doing, and he's really arrogant and pompous in his comments about um, Hackett, while even if they were right, <laughs> well, they're not right because Peyton is, is, is easily putting up a fight to be putting on the worst coaching performance of all time here with this team. But, um, you know, it's just he's so arrogant and pompous that you can't you can't help but be happy to see this either way. Um, yeah, he's not on the hot seat because they paid him a bunch of money to come there. And I know it doesn't count against the cap, but they're they're going to blame Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to be the fall guy. OK, the, the, the frustration's been building there with him for a long time. Uh, the less ride, the Broncos country, all that nonsense, the the Mr. Unlimited, all that. It, it, it's 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 run its course. So I think they can't wait to get him up out of there. Um, and I, and I, he'll be the person who takes the fall. And I think Peyton knows that. I think Peyton knows that. And he's going to get an opportunity to start over with a, a young quarterback as long as he wants to coach. They're going to give him a couple years and we'll see what happens. But they're going to reset this thing. And it's going to start by at the trade deadline when they trade guys like Jerry Judy and they trade whoever, Cortland Sutton, whoever else. They're going to reset this thing from the studs and they're going to go out there and try to find a young quarterback to be a face of the franchise. But Russell Wilson will be the one that falls on the sword. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> he did it to himself. You did. Yeah, that was that was so bad, bro. Last year was so bad for Russ. Oh my gosh. Like not even on the field as much. The off the field is what elevated it. Because everybody can have a bad season. But off the field, oh my gosh. Russ made it Russ made it absolutely terrible to root for him, make any excuses for him. And then his former teammates have been going on a media tear of how terrible of a teammate he is. So it ain't looking too it's a bad year to be named Russ in sports 2023. <laughs> we gonna end off the show with NBA award predictions. We're gonna start off with who y'all feel will be the coach of the year this year. I'm and going with Spo. Spo. You're higher on the heat than, than a lot of I, I heard some executives are talking about the heater arrogant and pompous and they they know they don't they, they don't they don't know what they're gonna what's hit them they're they're in denial but um I heard also they all the the execs did vote Spo as the best coach in the I, league. Yeah he is I, I completely agree. He is he is the best coach. Um I, I think annoyingly I think Masulu could win coach of the year this year. I think what Drew would Drew and Derek White allow him to do on the point of attack with defense they're going to make enough threes with KP as long as he stays healthy. Um, Tatum's going to play well enough, right? I mean, he, you know he kind of ebbs and flows throughout the year. But they got Brown as insurance. They're they're built to be a very good regular season team. So I can see Mazzulu winning a coach of the year this year. Um, do I agree with his philosophy 100%? Not necessarily, but I think that they're, they're a team that can execute what he wants them to do, which is take a ton of threes, move the ball, Drew Holiday, lock up, you know, take the best player on the team out of it. Um, KP space the floor, right? Horford going there and be a bruiser, but also space the floor. They have a lot of spacing, so I, I, I like the construction of the team, even though I hate them. And I think that there's a good chance that he could be coach of the year because they they roll. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I I can see that happening. I feel like the guy from OKC. Again, mm. you're adding Chet. You got some 
veteran veteran young players and like Shea and Jalen Williams and Giddy. I think this team can be underrated. They could get like a top top six seed, top five seed. If they if they're able to get over fifty wins, then I could see that that being a thing. I legit was about to change my pick to him because I think OKC is gonna be a top four team in the West this year. I can see I can see them getting 50 wins this year. And granted, it is preseason, but the way Chet looked, I am, and that was no SGA there. As you had SGA to that team and what we saw and what we saw from Chet, they're gonna be, they gonna, they're gonna sneak up on a lot of teams. Okay. And what they could do, they could get off to a hot start. So they could get off to a 15, 16, and and four record and then kind of cruise the rest of the way. I could see them definitely being a top four team. Defensive player of the year. I'm going with should have got it last year, in my opinion. And I think he'll play at least 65 games this year. I'm going with Anthony Davis. <laughs> at least 65, yeah, because he can't get it if he plays 64. <laughs> uh, I like the AD pick a lot. I like that pick. Um, he seems motivated, so yeah, does seem motivated. I I think a a sleeper, a sleeper pick for defensive player of the year is a guy like a, a um, I think a Drew Holiday could win it, um, easily based on my last pick. But I do think a guy, a dark horse, is like a Nick Claxton, who's just one of the best defenders in basketball and doesn't really talk a lot, a lot about. Um, that team's been really good defensively this year. And if they have a decent enough record, right, this year, and they can be top six in the East, they'll be in, in front of people enough for maybe him, for him to get um, consideration because he can guard on the perimeter as well as he can guard on the, in the inside and on the interior as a shot blocker. So he's a rare type of defensive player. So I think that's a dark horse guy. But I think Drew Holiday would probably be my top pick. Um, being over there and the way they're going to rely on him, I, I'd probably say that. But I love the AD pick, and I probably would have chosen what you did. I'm just, I'm just freestyling because you chose him. Probably going to say AD too. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Got to stay healthy. It's, it's, it's risky, but and, and the way uh, Christian Wood's looking, they can't afford for him to go out because Christian Wood looks out of shape, man. It looks like he's been eating Whataburger all summer. Hey, I said from jump, I didn't like that, that sign in. And so far, it's looking like I still don't like that sign in. Um, to your point, to your point, Greg, though, before going to the next pick, I think that I was talking to somebody today. The way Ben Simmons is looking, Nets is a top four, top five team. The way if Ben Simmons is going to play the way he's been playing in preseason, I'm high on the Nets. I am high on the Nets. If Ben Simmons plays this way, they're going to be in a lot of games. A lot of games. Changes things for him, for sure. They look different. Oh, big Yeah, it changes things. The way he's playing defense, he's being aggressive, even though, you know, that was a travel on that dunk. But... <laughs> That joke took like three, four yeah. steps, bro. Yeah, I gave it to. I know you. You ain't played in the last six years, so you were rusty. But that was <laughs> that was a mega travel. Most improved player of the year. I started off by by saying that to transition because Vegas has Mikel Bridges as the 
best odds to win MIP. Mm. That's a great pick. I mean, it's like the most is it is the it's a consensus choice because he already took a leap last year and couldn't win it because he he had already he played he started playing you know bet well once the situation changed at the trade deadline, so there wasn't enough you know game footage and games to really solidify the choice. But I think he could easily be the most improved player. He's where he is as a basketball player versus where he was early in his career. It's it's not even comparable. So I think a guy like Mikael Bridges can can continue to take a step forward and win that most improved player. If it's not him, a guy like Jordan Poole could easily be in the conversation too, uh, being in that situation, getting a, getting a million shots, you know. Um, I think he'll be able, in a situation where he's able to thrive over there. But I, I, I'll go McCall or Jordan Poole. I'll go one of the two. Who's your pick, Miles? Julius Randle? I was going to say Jalen Brunson, honestly. I feel like he's still got room to grow. And his game is just – unreal and we kind of got a glimpse of it in the playoffs of what he could kind of tap into in the regular season and I think yeah he can get his PPG up to like 28 29 and he's a lethal scorer down the stretch I think yeah if he does that he gets all-star all-NBA leads the Knicks to a top four top three seed yeah I could see him getting most improved for me, I'm a, this is going to be a homer pick, but I think, I mean, we already saw it in media day. Austin Reeves, I got him being most improved. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think he's going to literally, they're trying to make it a big three over there. I wouldn't go as far as saying that, but I do think he's going to have a breakout season. He's one of the players that's going to come back from, you know, when they go over there and play for Team USA, there's a couple players that come back with something different in a game. They're better, more mature. I think Austin Reeves will win most improved player of the year and another player that I think is going to, you know, play well from being overseas with the uh, team USA. Expect a big year from Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards is going to have a huge year. And I think Timberwolves is going to be better than a lot of team. A lot of people think. I don't think they'll be in the plan this year. I think they're going to be a lot better. And they, so far in preseason, it seems like they've kind of figured out what they're going to do with this cat and Rudy on the court at the same time. I think they figured it out. I don't like it. I still think it's disgusting, but I think they won't be a top 16 Minnesota. Sixth man of the year. Who y'all got? Quickly is the favorite in Vegas. I mean, yeah, that's valid. I mean, yeah. It's a great choice. Think, yeah, this the bench is nasty, and I think Quick just keeps getting better every year. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that seems like the easy pick. I feel like he should have gotten it last year, but you know, he can get it this year. That's yeah, I'm going. I'm going with quick too. Um, a play that could get it, Malcolm Brogdon. He could get it over in Portland. I don't think he's going to get it, but even so far, I've seen him in the, the games with Portland in preseason. He's playing motivated, and he's not going to star from what it's looking like. They're going to have him come off the bench. He easily off this with this Portland squad, easily he could kind of have like a, a a Chris Paul OKC moment. They not gonna make the playoffs or not like that, but he he definitely will put up some good stats and they'll be better than most things because they got that veteran leadership of Malcolm Brogdon being there. We did MIP, we did six man, we did DPOY, we did Coach of the Year, 
There's two main ones left, obviously. Rookie of the year. Who do y'all have for rookie of the year? I'm going check. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 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 loving me some. I'm team Chet. Give me Chet over Wimby. I like what I see from Chet. I think he is being slept on because Wimby is here, but they pretty much have the same skill set. Red shirt, red shirt freshman. Um, <laughs> Dude, even when the way Ben Simmons won it is what he's saying, and and that's a great pick. Yeah, that's, that's a great pick. Um. I think Scoot's gonna make some noise uh, just with all the usage in Portland, and I know Wembenyama was the uh, the obvious pick and the the easy one. I could easily say that, but I really think that Scoot has a chance to impress some people. Not gonna win a whole lot of games, but he can go out there and average twenty on that team. You know, they're not they're not playing within a whole lot of structure. I you know I know that there's Anthony Simons and should shade it and you know, should shade and sharp over there, and that's a, that's a crowded backcourt, but. That Scoot is going to have an opportunity to star, the star in, in, in his role over there, um, and I think they're going to really make sure that he gets a lot of shots, that he's in the game often, that he's closing games. They're really going to ride with him um, this year. So I, I'll, I'll take Scoot, but I like the Chet pick a lot, and I, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if Chet wins it. I'm gonna say Amen in Houston. I feel like gradually he's going to build his role up there and. Defensively, he's going to be good off, off real. And I think they lost a playmaker in Kevin Porter Jr. with you know, everything that happened. And I think he can be that uh, – he can be that secondary playmaker. You know, Fred is there, but I feel like if they get the most out of Amen, this Houston team could be a team that's a threat come March and April. I do think this team can make the playoffs, and I do think with the coach that they have, they can make some noise. Maybe not win a playoff series, but push one of those higher seeds to a game six or or whatnot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say amen for rookie. I love I love Houston's young core over there. Uh, I was gonna say too, he's gonna have an impact. Cam Whitmore. Yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely going to have an impact. He's not going to win rookie of the year. But if Houston is good, that'll be one of the players that actually is making impact and helping them actually be a winning squad. Because I think they have the potential to definitely make the playoffs. It's just they got to figure out that lineup, playing, you know, the rotation and whatnot. Because you got some vets there and you got some young boys. I mean, you got Dylan Brooks getting ejected in preseason games. So it might be a lot of time for – uh. For Cam Whitmore with uh Dylan Brooks doing stuff like that. He got his money though. So yeah. I guess it's, <laughs> I get ejected after five minutes too, I guess. I got paid 86 million. Yes. And the one time I, I could agree with Perk, he said the stripes on a zebra don't change. He was doing this nonsense at eleven million dollars a year. He gonna do the same nonsense at twenty-two million dollars a year. Ain't nothing. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed. It's going to be the same Dylan Brooks or Dylan the villain uh, <laughs> as his new his new name is. MVP. I'm going SGA because I think the, the Thunder are going to have a huge season and it's, it's going to obviously be a big part of it is going to be SGA. I think SGA is 
I want to put him above LeBron, like, you know, ESPN ranking did and whatnot. But SGA, I think, is one of, like, superstars. He's going to be a supernova. Bag is way deep. There was a conversation if he had a bigger bag than Luka. Yes, he has a bigger bag than Luka. I think SGA does it all, bro. And he he still only is touching the surface. That's the that's the scary part. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I mean, it's tough. I mean, Giannis is is it's tough with the usage between him and Dame. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested interested to see how they get used to each other over there. So it's tough to pick of someone who's playing on such an in such a new situation um, there. But SGA is a nice one. I think Tatum has a chance this year, as good of a chance as he'll ever have in his career to win MVP with the team that's around him and the success he can have. Um, you know, I think Tatum could win MVP. You know, I think he could. Um, not like me to pick Boston teams at all. Maybe I'm just that tired. I don't know. But yeah, I think there's a chance that he he has a, he can go out there and and lead that team to a 55 win season, six you know close to 55, 57 win season. And that gives you an opportunity to win MVP in this league, especially when you're the guy they look at as the top dog over there anyways. It's not Jalen Brown. It'll never be Jalen Brown's situation or team. So and then not when you can't dribble left. So I think that it's going to be his his team, the, his his award to, to lose this year with how Boston's shaping out and how good they could be. I'm going to say Joker because why not? I mean, he's been getting it every year, right? So I feel like he can just – fly over here from Serbia or wherever he's residing and wake up and average a triple-double. And the Nuggets are going to be a top-two seed again. So, I mean, that's – if there was ever, like, an easy pick, I feel like it would be Joker. But then when does he become, like, LeBron James when they stopped picking him? Because it was just like, all right, we could just do this every single year. Like, he's – showing that he's probably the best player in the league every single year. Like, we can't just keep giving it to him. We got to spread it out a little bit. He could win it again. He could win it again. So, it's not it's not a very daring pitch. No. He is the, he is the favorite uh, in Vegas. A lot, of, a lot of people are picking Jokic. So, you can see that happening for sure. Um, Jokic is literally epitome of he just balls. Like, he literally is over there. Serbia comes back over here. He has no care in the world. They asked him who, if he knew who Deion Sanders is. I don't know no Deion. I don't know. I don't know that Negro. I don't know nothing about that. I'm just here to get my triple double. Let's get this season started. He don't want to do preseason. Let's get the season started. Can we fast forward to June? Hopefully in the finals. And then I'm going to go back over to Serbia and have more fun racing my horses that literally is Nikola Jokic like he legit had more joy on his face when his horses ran and run won that race than when he won the finals like it was legit more joy you saw the man dancing jumping all that he don't really care about the NBA like it's cool or whatever but (laughs) he don't care about the NBA he just stays ready and he gets his buckets he gets his rebounds he gets his assists and he goes home I don't care about none of that other stuff. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bitch mob, we out. Peace.